Hello, this is Hannah Hassan, the host of Rorschach, Your Reality, and I am so thankful you're here today listening in with us. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you'd like, and you can always find me on Instagram at Rorschach, Your Reality. Today, our guest is named Heather Worthy, and she does an amazing job of talking a little bit about what it looks like to live courageously. Our guest today is named Heather, and she is the owner of Your Courageous Life, where she does speaking and coaching for women to help them live their best lives by being brave and taking risks, which is really amazing. Uh, Heather, I would love if you would tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, what you're doing, maybe some of your passions. Sure. Thanks for having me on, Hannah. I'm very excited to talk to you about um, what I have going on and tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, as you said, my name's Heather, and I am a recovering control freak. <laughs> I'm also a <laughs> – maybe you are too. It, yeah. Sometimes life is a little bit crazy, and we feel like we can control things. But what I've learned over time is that that's not a reality, so I um, – I'm also a voracious reader and a continuous learner, so I can help myself not continue those patterns of control. And as a parent as well, I have three children. Uh, one is an adult who's married. Um, one has just graduated high school, so that adult parenting thing has changed my paradigm a lot. And then I have a daughter too. So if you've had boys and then you get a girl, again, totally different things that you have to you know, work through. I'm also a leader, a servant, and, you know, I am passionate about coaching and mentoring because I really care about people. So day-to-day, I'm a senior IT manager for a large global paint organization, and I get to every day coach and mentor managers and um, individuals and direct, you know, strategies but then I get to go deep with people and help them to figure out how do you take what you're going through and make it into the life that you want and the responses that you want because we're emotional beings (laughs) and sometimes that's hard to figure out how to engage in that way. Yes. And so often I think people kind of have, you know, we maybe have this kind of future vision of what we want to be or where we hope to go, but sometimes it can feel really hard to take like our current reality and understand how we're going to transform it. <laughs> um, so I, That's I really, so true. Yes. So Heather, prior to the interview, you had mentioned that your journey has involved kind of moving from having a victim mindset to actually owning your own path. And I would love to hear kind of the story behind that. Sure. So growing up, um, my mom will tell you that I was an angry child. And I said, so when do you think that started? And she's like, I'm pretty sure you were born that way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, interesting. (laughs) So just trying to figure out how do you, you know, live this life where you are angry child. I was very strong-willed. I was hyperactive, impulsive, you know, the typical things that we'll see around um, ADHD, Mm. but obviously not diagnosed. My mom had taken me to, you know, get diagnosed and they were like, no, she was in this incident and she was fine. So she can't have Mm. ADHD. My mom was like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) So, you know, this is in the seventies. So we we didn't know the things that we know yet. Mm. So it was really hard to grow up 
and be that different kid. I've read like old report cards and it's like Heather couldn't stay in her seat and Heather, you know, doesn't raise her hands and, you know, Heather's up talking to others instead of, you know, <laughs> doing the activity she's supposed to. So that was very, very challenging um, for me and that sets you apart in the wrong way. So mm -hmm. I very much, you know, carried, you know, what my mom called my tip on my shoulder and I, I wear my emotions. So I'm not a good poker player. Whatever I'm feeling, I am wearing. So I have to be very conscious of that. And that requires safety amongst where we are. Um, but when you grow up with a chip on your shoulder and carrying this anger and angst, and my parents got divorced at 11. So mm -hmm. that sent me into a new place of turmoil. And I had to um, change schools. And that created, you know, another difficult situation where I was going through abandonment because my dad moved out and moved back to New Hampshire, rejection, ridicule, and not just at school, but also in places that were supposed to be safe for me, like at home. Mm -hmm. So it, I walked around angry at the entire world as if, you know, this had been done to me. And it took me leaving these situations. Um, I joined the Navy after a failed attempt at college. Um, and the Navy really gave me what I needed, which was I was no longer this person that grew up in this household in this way with these things, but I could be whoever I wanted to be. I could live the life that I wanted to live without the constraints of what people had said I was. And this, you know, brought, brought about good and bad things in me because it made me a striver. Like mm -hmm. I could do all of these things. So I became this, you know, wild overachiever because there was such, um, there was so much more given to me in that. So just trying to figure out who we are in the midst of that and moving away from that victim because I became confident in the midst of this structure and this family like feeling that you get from, you know, everybody's away from home, you're all together, you're working day to day, in and out, sometimes living together, you know, on a ship, in the barracks, wherever. And there's this camaraderie that gets built that you don't get, you know, in, in a lot of other facets of life. And it was through this that I started to shed that I'm a victim or to carry this chip on my shoulder. And I said, I own this. Hmm. This is my choice and my life. How do I want to live it? And I won't say I did it gracefully or, you know, <laughs> figured it all out um, right away. And even after I left, um, you know, my time in, my, in the military, there was a lot of learning because I had to, I came back home after that and, hmm. you know, back to Cleveland and had to reconcile. Like everything that I ran away from was still here. And now what? So yes. being able to peel those layers of the onion back and say, okay, so here's the next thing. Here's this relationship with my mom that is difficult and challenging. And, you know, I, I don't know how to repair this. And I can be like a bull in a china shop to get stuff done. But that's not effective because people aren't hearing you and you're not reconciling or resolving or redeeming what was you're just coming in and making new mess 
Oh, yes. And I, I think that so many of us, you know, whether we move or a new relationship or we leave family behind mm -hmm. and, you know, we have that sense of that like new beginning and, and we might even start to kind of refashion ourselves. But when you go back <laughs> to an old environment, it can be really hard not to walk back into an old mindset and an old way of being. So true. And so what do you do in the midst of that? When you when you're ready to release this victim mentality, we've got to start talking about those hard things and those hard places that we went through. And I'll tell you, my mom said, you know, in my generation, we didn't talk about this stuff. Like mm -hmm. we were to be seen and not heard and sometimes not even seen. Um, and we, you lived in your shame and you lived behind the curtain and you portrayed this person that you wanted people to see, even if you were dying inside. And that was not the kind of child I had been. I was like, <laughs> I wear it all out and I vomited all over everyone. So coming back in, I didn't want to be that person. I hadn't been her, you know, for some time. But again, like you said, you step back into that environment and those people and circumstances can pull us right back to where we were. Mm. So how can I start having better conversations? So some of it started with my mom, you know, this, this new safe place, this place that wasn't safe growing up and being able to say to her, like, these were some of the things that happened that were really difficult for me. And we're going to have to work through this to be able to have a, a relationship now. And now that I have children, you know, I understand how hard this is and, you know, maybe what you've gone through. So I had that perspective. And, and that's another thing that helps to begin to break us out of living as a victim is that my perspective changes. I've mm -hmm. encountered something that I hadn't before that helps me to see things that I didn't see when I was standing in the midst of my circumstances. Oh, I love that. And I was actually just writing about this, how, um, you know, I think for almost anyone, you can look back, especially at your childhood and those really formative years, and you can find things that really hurt you deeply and that you might have even internalized a lot of pain about. And, you know, often the first step is to kind of look at how our parents or siblings or those people who are right there really contributed <laughs> to it because they did. Mm -hmm. But it can be really easy to get hung up there and kind of keep externalizing, well, it was you and you did this and you said that and I did mm -hmm. what I needed. And so kind of taking that extra step of like, okay, yes, I want to communicate about this, but I also want to open up my own perspective and understand everyone was experiencing a lot. And I might have been really hurt, but I want to take the initiative to work through that and walk through that and settle what I can settle and then move on from the rest and, and really take some more power instead of just kind of the finger pointing. Because if you get hung up there, you don't heal from it. That's so true. And that we're not alone in this. You know, none of us is living in our vacuum story. <laughs> so all of us have this story, the, the one that we're telling ourselves, the one that we're living in, and then the, the story that other people are telling us by their actions, by their words, that we then allow to become part of our own story. And then it tells us, you know, because of those behaviors and those words that they used, that I'm not enough, that I'm too much, that you know, I'm not good or, you know, I'm fabulous or I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. 
even though I feel very differently. So how do I reconcile what I've been told about myself, who I feel I am, and what does that look like? Yes. Oh, and those are, those are questions you could spend a long time on. <laughs> but I think it's so essential to that whole kind of journey. And I know everyone's process is going to, of course, look different. Um, but do you have any sort of tangible tools or practices that have really helped you in your journey? Yes. And I think that you've talked about this as well. Like one of the biggest tools for me that really helped me you know, from my youth to through now, um, is journaling Hmm. and just being able to take what I'm feeling and put that down on paper, or sometimes I put it in my, you know, my virtual one on Google drive (laughs) and being able to, you know, get that out of me. And then I also love that I have this to go back to because I can read something that I wrote in 1991 and be like, Oh my gosh, honey, like I, I hurt so bad for where you were and what you went through, but look at this prayer and how it's been answered or look at this, you know, this way that you were feeling and how far you've come. Congratulations. Because there's, we need to tell ourselves our story sometimes because we forget where we were when we've gotten somewhere new. And there is such importance in understanding where we came from so that we know that we can. And once we have done it and we can, we can repeat that. Yes. Oh, I love that. There's so much power in looking, looking where you've been. And I think sometimes we trust that we'll remember because, of course, in the moment, <laughs> it's so strong. Like, of course, like I, would, I don't even know if I'll ever move through it, much less forget. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, it, it's kind of like, when you know on a weight loss journey or even if you start using a new like face product or something and you take a before and after picture you know and months later you check back in and you don't think anything has changed and then when you compare the <laughs> pictures you're like oh like oh my goodness and I think journaling is kind of that like before and after picture kind of of your emotional or mental state and you maybe don't think that you've grown or changed but when you kind of see the the proof and you, and you go back you're like wow <laughs> Yeah. And I think the other part is, how do we share our stories with others? Not to steal the thunder away from, you know, the story that they're sharing with us, but to say me too. Because being alone in the midst of my story and the thing that I'm going through can be so hard and so isolating, not knowing that there are others who are maybe further along along than you are in this part of their story or have used some skills that have gotten them further along so that you can share in that. So um, when you have those hard places that you've been through and can say, this really sucked when I was going through it and I would not wish it on anybody else, but here's somebody else who is sharing their heart with you, who has been through that too and being able to hold their hand and stand beside them and say, I've got you in that because I've been there too, but your story is not the same as mine because your experiences are different too. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. And let's, let's walk through this together so that you know that you're not alone and that you're not going to have to retreat back into yourself and to protect that inner child or that scared child who can't fend mm-hmm. for itself and how do we release them to freedom and away from 
this past or this circumstance that we had to live through. Yes. And when we kind of think about, you know, moving forward and I, and I think anyone would say, of course they want to grow. Of course they want to change. Of course (laughs) they want to, you know, overcome, you know, behaviors that, that aren't doing any favors for them. Um, but then at the end of the day, like, I mean, anyone in the world has behaviors or habits or thought patterns that aren't healthy and that do undermine something that they say that they're wanting, whether it's in life or business or relationships. Why do you think just as humans, we have this tendency to hold on to behaviors that do undermine us? (laughs) I'll tell you, I was having a conversation with my coach earlier this week And we were talking about feelings of unworthiness and she's like, but why, but why, but why? And helping me to talk through like, why does the way that this person is acting create this reaction inside of me? And, you know, how do I get to the other side of that? And I was meeting with a client this morning and she said to me, what you just said to me is already making me cry. And I know that I don't want to do it. So, so that's the answer is that it creates this huge resistance in us because it's going to hurt. Mm. We're going to have to go back to that place where this damage was done to us or that we experienced this damage and we're going to have to talk about it and we're going to have to get to a new place, but we've got to get through that old place to get to the new place. Mm, yes. And I think so often, you know, we don't, we don't want to go back. We don't want to get hurt. And, and we feel like <laughs> by not going back, by not digging into it, we're saving ourselves all of this pain, but we don't realize like kind of the residual effects of how tightly we're hanging on to it and how much pain that yeah. does cause us. Cause we're just so used to it. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you, um, like I was doing these kind of resistance exercises and it's like, with my back and shoulders because I have all of this tension. And when I was doing the exercise, like it kind of felt like, like, oh, it wasn't like so bad. And then like I got really fatigued in it where I was like, oh my gosh. And when I released it, my whole, like my shoulder blades and my whole upper back, it was just this huge relief. And I felt like I let go of like three years of like tension. <laughs> but it's like I had no Isn't that crazy? holding it all. And right. I kind of stressed that muscle and then re- released it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I let go of a lot right there. <laughs> and I, I think emotionally, sometimes we, you know, it's, it's a little bit similar where we dig into something and it does really hurt. But when we come out on the other side, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how deeply I internalize that and how much of that I was holding on to every single day until I finally let it go. Yes. There's a book called The Body Keeps the Score and it's about brain, mind, and body and the healing after trauma. And we don't realize how tied our minds and our bodies are. Our conscious thinking mind to our feeling mind and and what it does inside of ourselves to to bind us up and women we so often carry our stress in our neck and our shoulders so when you talk about that like releasing that that's because we draw it in and we carry this so how do we stop carrying this past this oppression this place and time and, and reconcile that it, it's going to be hard in the moment, 
to get through this time, but I want to stop fighting against myself and against my past and keep and stop repeating my patterns because so often what do we do? We eat our way through it. We drink our way through it. We binge Netflix our way through it, (laughs) whatever it is to not face that thing. So we further isolate ourselves because in doing all of those things, we're not doing that with people. We're doing that in secret, in private, away from others, bearing our pain. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's so true that I think isolation is a, is a huge part of, yeah, trying, trying to bury that and and walk away and just kind of pretend that it's not something that you need to deal with. (laughs) So if someone feels ready, they want to commit to changing their life to, to kind of start implementing different mindsets or habits or patterns, what is the first step that they should take? So I'd say, if you're ready, start by talking to someone. I'd love for that someone to be me. But even if you want to talk to a friend or someone that will be with you in the midst of this stepping out, you need an accountability partner. You need somebody who can be that safe place as you walk through what's going to be hard and what's going to be Um, facing a lot of old demons Mm -hmm. and we're going to resist that. So you want somebody to one check in on you to make sure that your, you know, your mental health is staying in a good place. And the second thing is, are you actually doing the work? Because sometimes we Mm -hmm. say, yes, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm starting this diet on Monday and I'm going to do this. And without somebody to walk alongside us, we're not going to get there. And if you're not ready to talk to anybody, Talk to yourself. Make yourself a plan. Without a plan, we're going to continue to repeat our same patterns. So create a plan so that when this gets hard and our mind goes, okay, I'm going to go back to the habit bus, the, you know, (laughs) autopilot and, you know, what I've always done. It's going to take you back to where you've been. So without a plan to keep you from going back to where I was, you're going to not move forward. And then if you are really ready to commit and you want somebody who's going to walk you through the steps, develop a plan for you or alongside you, and then make sure that you're taking those steps and getting to that place and setting those goals for yourself to get to those outcomes, I would love for them to visit uh, my website at yourcourageouslife.me and they can schedule a one-hour clarity session, and we can get started just mm. to help them to understand maybe where they are. Because sometimes we know something's wrong, but we're not quite sure what it is. Yes, yeah, that kind of just sense of, of problems. And I think especially if you haven't really done much emotional work or maybe kind of dug into mm-hmm. some things from your past or life, it's, it is hard to put a finger on what the problem is. You just know that something's off or, or something doesn't really feel like you, you maybe wish that it would. So I definitely could see the power of sitting down and actually really kind of talking with someone who can help walk you through and, and kind of explore some of those things that you maybe haven't explored 
Um, and, and I know from my own experience that doing that with someone who is, is really capable of, of being able to guide you, it really does make a difference and it helps you kind of make that progress and, and understand where you're going and why you're digging into things as opposed to, I think you use that analogy of the bull in the china shop. <laughs> we can kind of do that <laughs> internally to ourselves sometimes, you know, like when we don't exactly know, we're, we're just kind of going through all of this craziness internally having someone who can kind of guide you through that a little bit is, is really, really helpful. <laughs> it is. Um, Heather, if you could encourage our listeners with one piece of wisdom from your journey, what would you say to them? I would say you are brave. Even at times when you feel immobilized and you keep trying to take a next step and a next step, that whole one foot in front of the other, that can feel so risky because all you want to do is quit. But don't give up. Never give up. Stand in front of that mirror. Look yourself in the eye and tell yourself, I am brave. I am loved. I am enough. And repeat that to yourself until you believe that and become that in your own eyes. Not for the world. Just for you. Because you matter just as you are. Oh, I love that. That is a perfect ending place. If people want to connect more with you, so maybe in, in business or for coaching or even just in life, how can they find you? Start with my website at yourcourageouslife.me. That can take you to my Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And I believe that you, Hannah, will also share those links as well. Um, it's at Heather Brizzy underscore coach on Instagram at your courageous life dot me on Facebook and at Brizzy Heather on Twitter. Awesome. Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview and for everything that you shared with us. I think it was really, really useful. Hannah, thank you for having this platform so that we can talk about these important things and help people to live their best lives. that I appreciate it so much when you connect with me, whether you do it via email, Hannah at RorschachYourReality.com, whether you go to the website and leave a comment on a podcast or blog post, www.RorschachYourReality.com, or you find me on Instagram or Facebook at RorschachYourReality and connect with me there. I love hearing from you. I love the conversations I've had with listeners and hosts alike, and I hope to continue.